Welcome to Books and Brews. I'm Jocelyn. And I'm Pam. And who who is our special guest with us today? Who are you? It's me. I'm David. (laughs) I wish everyone had got to see the hand gesture that went with that. That It was pretty great. It was pretty spastic and awesome. (laughs) Enjoyed it very much. Uh, so, yeah, hi, welcome to a new episode of Books and Brews. All new episode! All new instant. Just like every other one. Because they're up. always new. Shut up! Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Um, this is our 30th episode. It's our 30th anniversary. We turned 30 today. Try Deca. Yeah. Some of us are over 30, so. I'm not. And by some of us, I mean just me. I turn 30 next year. Yeah, that's two of you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay, because I am going to continue to look like I am 30. Always and forever. Thanks to all of the you look great. things that I'm going to keep putting into my damn face. I support it. I I wouldn't care if no one did. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. So, um, we're actually talking about another book today. One individual book. We are getting back into our routine. An individual slowly. book. Yeah. One book. Yeah. Just one. Just one. Just the one? Yeah. Just the one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No theme this time. Yeah. No theme. A book. Just a book. Yeah. Mm. Seems so simple. <laughs> you would think. And you would think, <laughs> and yet we have difficulty making episodes about a book. Yeah. And, I mean, to be fair, including this episode, <laughs> technically I have a, I didn't actually get a chance to read it, so... <gasps> <laughs> Chaos! Chaos! (laughs) I read it in high school, so technically that still counts. I have read it, I just haven't read it recently. And that may or may not be why we have David here, because he has a lot of opinions on on this book. I did read the Wikipedia page to, like, refresh myself. Okay, that's good, because I actually did not get a chance. I read this a month ago, and you know my memory, so I actually don't remember any of the characters, I just remember the plot. Okay, so that's fine. So this is going to go really well, I think. So maybe Mm -hmm. Hugh will basically, like... Control the episode. I mean, you will just like pipe no in. One no okay. one wants that. No one wants that. I want that. that, <laughs> that yes, yes, please. I, I will take um, control. Okay, so I think in order to kick things off properly, I need to introduce you guys to the special beer that I have for you. Ooh. And it is so specific okay. to this oh, episode. To the, oh. Yeah, Ooh. like, Ooh. like Ooh. I couldn't have asked for a better beer. Perfect for this episode. I love when that happens. I did just realize though. That Thigh Guy is in the box behind you oh. and not beside me. So you are going to have to procure Thigh Guy while I introduce you to... Uh, this is the sound of a case sitting down on my lap. I love cases. It is uh, exciting. And um, it's a variety pack. What's what's it called? Oh, Barn Burner. Yeah. Oh, I like it. Because, you know, burning. Yeah, it's Big Rock Brewery's Barn Burner Variety Pack. And so why would a Barn Burner Variety Pack be fitting for this book? I don't know. Do they burn things in this book? Yeah, I Mm. think they maybe do a little. Is that a bit meta, burning books inside a book? Yeah. I think so. Did we even say what the book was? That's why I'm trying to get you guys ah, to say oh, it. Oh, okay. Yeah, because we're doing Fahrenheit 451. Yay! Fahrenheit Dystopian future. Woo! That takes place in 1999. You guys do not pick up on cues. Um, what? What? Mm-hmm. I'm really clever. You guys, I'm on a podcast with fucking children. We're on a podcast? When did this happen? I was not informed of this. What year is it? You know what? One of us has 
12 beers on her lap, and the other two have no beers. Aww. So I love you. You're real pretty today. Does this mean I need to behave now? Yeah. There you go. If you want a beer, Jocelyn knows how it goes. She's pretty. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so pretty. So pretty. I'm like the prettiest. The prettiest. I'm like so pretty. I'm very excited for this variety so, pack. So there are four kinds of beer in here. Um, I'm just going to like pull them out and I guess we'll just go through them like and it. open them one at a time. Yeah, let's do it. I feel like that's the easiest. I so I'll just, just going to whip it out. Do you know what I was just thinking about? I think this is around the same time last year when we last time had our big variety pack. Because um, I remember that variety pack. That was the Unibrew. Unibrew. Yeah. And that was, I think to date, the best variety pack I've ever had. Uh -huh. so I miss has, that variety pack. This has high Ooh. expectations. Well, Big Rock. There is a standard. It's yes. been set. Oh, yes. and by the way, Big Rock is from Calgary. Ooh, nice. But it also says um, Vancouver, and it also says Etobicoke. So, so they must have three breweries. They're everywhere. Yeah. They're Canadian. Mm. That's perfect. That's what and we And they have for. a cock on the box. <laughs> Who doesn't want a cock on the box? Who doesn't? Who doesn't like a little cock with their box? Speaking of boxes, I'm going to reach right into mine. Yay! And we're going to get it started. I kind of want to reach into your box, but I'll let you reach into your box. You can reach into my box uh, the first time. How about... Ooh, okay. Ooh. Yeah. Grab that cock. I grabbed that cock. <gasps> okay, tell us about your cock. Ooh, okay, I got the traditional ale. It's an English-style brown ale. It's 5%. And tasting notes. A recipe gone untouched since Big Rock's founding. Toasty malt and sweet caramel up front finishes with a nutty flavor, medium creamy carbonation, and mild hot bitterness. Mm. All right. I'm excited about the caramel because I love caramel. I'm going to say it because I always say it. I need to know what percent cock it is. Um, we will find out when I when we, because it is nutty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll find out when we get into this battle. Should we get a... Do we want to try it or do we want to? Let's try it. Let's I want your nuts in my mouth. Okay. Okay. Ooh. Put that. This will be for the next person. Whoever's right. opening next. Smooth. Smooth. Not very nutty. I don't feel it's nutty. I definitely taste the caramel. Oh. So it's not. I'm not feeling nutty. I'm not feeling nutty or cock. I. I'm glad that I'm not tasting any cock in there. Fair. I mean. There's some things you just don't mix. Yeah. I'm getting a nose or an aroma of nuts. Maybe it's more of a nose. Maybe it's a fancy nose. guy over here. This is why we have guests sometimes. Class this place up a little bit. <laughs> they use like proper words like aroma. And nose. And nose. <laughs> Remember that time when there was something about a nose and then I put my nose in the bottle to see if that's how you did it? Yes. And it was just in one of our last episodes, and we were literally talking about ear holes the whole time. So I mean, like this is this is the standard we pull this here. This is just who we are. I, I was getting the creamy body that it was talking about in the carbonation. Yeah, as it was. I can. I see that. That's much smarter than how I said that it was smooth. I already forget what I said. Oh, go ahead. I don't. Did you? You said there was no nuts. Yeah, I'm getting no percent nut, no percent cock. Uh. 100% smooth. Mm-hmm. I do like it. It is nice. I would order this. Uh, yeah. It is going down very nice. So this is the traditional ale, and it is a England-style brown ale? Yeah. You got it. Sweet. Well, um, that's, uh, that's a thumbs up from me thumbs for the up first so far. one. Yes. What's, what, what, what else is in your box? Hmm. Oh, sorry. Yeah, how did you like it? I'm not I, used to having a third person here. I was partial to that nutty cock. So is it a thumbs up or not? Yeah, two thumbs up. Keep on the, up. Two thumbs up. <laughs> okay. 
You want to reach into my box? Okay, yeah, so just do. don't go for this row because that row has been uh, spoken for. Okay, I'll reach around. For the yeah, I can do the reach around for, for yeah. the cock in my box. Yeah. Ooh, I got the Session IPA India Pale Ale. Tell us about it. It's 5.5% cock. Nice. <laughs> um, so light color. Uh, flavors rather hoppy as you get with an IPA. Yeah, all right, all right. You get, you get what you get. Midlow range on its uh, IBUs, 32 IBUs, it says. Booze units! Booze units, international booze International booze units. units. Hmm, learn something new. The original IPAs were born in England where hops worked as natural preservatives for voyages to India. Today, hops remain, but mostly, most importantly, for the flavors they impart. Here's a golden amber with citrusy bouquet and a mild hop bite. Citrus bouquet. I mean, maybe the citrus will cut through the hops and then it'll yeah. be like, it'll be good, palatable. Oh, I got to use palatable nice. in a sentence. I'm like so stoked on that. That was right. really fancy. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm picking. I'm picking it up. Like we've got a fancy person yeah. here, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna step it up a little bit. Yeah, that's fair. I should probably do the same. Instead, I'm just gonna be like, mm. it yeah. smells like hops. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> oh, great. Hmm. Not overpowering. I don't yeah. think it smells that hoppy, actually. Hmm. I can smell the citrus bouquet. You also, uh, I was gonna say something about smelling farts. In the room, and then Fair, I, didn't. I did think it smells like you did think it smelled like farts. And um, it's not as hoppy as I was expecting it to be. Yeah, I thought it was gonna be like overwhelmingly hoppy, and it's me not. too. And yeah. it wasn't. You could actually taste the citrus. Mm -hmm. Most IPAs for me overpower all, everything. I could definitely taste the citrus bouquet. You're nosing it very see. well. It doesn't smell like hops to me. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not getting anything. Well, well, the beer doesn't go in your nose. It goes in your mouth. <laughs> I was trying to smell the hops. Um, I do like the citrus though. I think that's very nice. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it tastes like hops. That's for damn sure. Oh, all right, all right. I'm tasting hop, hopping, <clears throat> hopping. Yeah. I, it tastes like a fucking IPA. Right. I'm not gonna lie. It tastes like an IPA. Like I, I think I, I. It tastes like an IPA, but it tastes like a smoother IPA. Yes. And so I'm liking. It. I could finish this bottle mm. if somebody gave it to me, and I thought it wasn't an IPA, and then I had already cracked it. Right. I wouldn't be like, oh, I gotta find somewhere to put this down and casually leave my beer, and not have someone be like, oh, you left your beer. It's right here, like I do with most IPAs. Fair enough. I would finish this. Right. So it's not a thumbs down. It's like a half-cocked thumb. A half-cock? It's a half-cock. Okay. I give it one thumbs up. I mean, I don't, like, love it, but I definitely do like it, and I'm yeah. surprised. I thought I wasn't going to like it as much. I'm not disappointed. Yeah. I would give it, yeah, one thumb up, because the hoppiness, which usually turns bitter in the aftertaste, doesn't turn bitter on this one, and I kind of mm. like that aspect about it. Yeah, Interesting point about, about the aftertaste. Like I am not getting any kind of nasty, yeah. lingering aftertaste. Bitter, yeah, so, yeah, you don't want that. Yeah. All right. All right. Cool. Um, you okay, get, my turn you to reach into my own box. Reach into your own box. You guys have to watch. Mm. I'm excited. Can I watch you guys have to watch. box? Eeny, meeny, miny, mum. Mm. Oh, I just found a hair on my shirt. Found a hair on your butt. All right. Yeah, oh, thank God. I was worried it was going to be the other one. Because I know what four they are, and I didn't want to be the one to pick the other one. Because I don't think I could explain it properly. 
All right, so this is a Czech style pilsner. Ooh. So stoked on that. Czech style pilsners are great. Oh. 4.9%. Uh, so it is light in the color. It is medium between malt and hops, and it's 28 of the IBUs. Uh, tasting notes say, here's a classic Pilsner born from the original Czech style. Difficult to brew, but easy to drink. The mild bitterness and fragrant hop nose of Saw's hops are balanced with pale malts. Hmm. Hmm. Saw's hops. I don't know what that means. Interesting, also, the word pale is capitalized, so Saw's hops, capitalized, are balanced with pale malts, capitalized. Why so, they capitalized? I don't know, maybe it's, um... I, I'm not even going to speculate. I'm just going to be real excited and I'm going to open it. Okay, alright, This all right. is really awkward with, like, this giant box in my space. I believe in you. Nice. Where'd it go? In the box. <laughs> the cap fell into my box. Oh, no. You guys, the cap fell into my box. Just, just the tip. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Ah. No, the whole thing. The whole thing's in there. We're really mature today on today's podcast. Lots. Uh, yeah, we're Lots. always mature. So mature. So mature. Oh, yeah. Uh -oh. That is exactly what I would expect. That is a tasty pilsner. I thought you were just going to chug the whole thing, but like, oh, yeah. right, this is mine! Bye, guys! <laughs> oh, go, go. Nose of Pilsner. Nose? Uh, it's got that, like, Pilsner-y, um, I don't know what to say. It's not like a, a, like a lager or an ale where you don't taste anything. It does have a little sharpness to it, but not much. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah. I'm kind of basically just getting water, to be honest. Well... It's not hoppy, so no. I guess we did just have hops. Yeah, I guess that's true. It just did have hops, and now I'm setting this, and I'm like, oh, this is very just. Watery. I mean, it doesn't taste like cock. Yeah, I'd say there's no cock in the house. And I don't think there's any burnt barns in here. No. It does say Czech style. They usually simplify their yeah. the Eastern European regions usually simplify their beer with less ingredients for more. Right. Simple taste, and personally, I like it. It's good mm -hmm. drinking beer. It's you could drink a number of these and oh, feel yeah. okay after. No, I feel yeah. like that's how I feel with it. I'm just, I'm like the flavor is not that exciting or anything, but I still like it. I'll give it like a thumbs up, um, and yeah, I would just drink it because I mean, look, we basically pounded that whole thing that between the three of us. Yeah, yeah. it's a good easy we, to drink yeah. beer that you know doesn't complicate. Mm -hmm. I find it really interesting that. Um, Session ales are called session ales, whereas pilsners I find very sessionable because the whole point of a session ale was that oh my god, I feel so smart right now. You are so, so smart. No, but we learned this in December on the beer science episode because like oh, oh so gross. No. <laughs> Is no. there still beer in your stomach or did that come out? Oh my god. Are you gonna swallow it? Anyway. Session ales are like supposed to be so light and easy to drink that you could have several in a session and right. not get shit faced. I find pilsners to be sessionable, so I don't understand the difference. So I'm gonna have to go back to beer school. I, I'm gonna have to too because I don't remember any of that, and I don't know how you retained it from those episodes because I was smashed during this. I'm gonna grab the last yeah. one out of your box. Yeah, reached in my box. I'm just gonna. Okay, now it. I can. I'm gonna put this box not on my lap anymore because it's That's really right. awkward. I'm very small. 
It's a very big box. And it's a it big box. It takes up a lot of room. Proportionally. So this is Midnight uh, Rhapsody. Rab Rhapsody. Is that how you pronounce it? Rhapsody. Uh, yeah. Okay. Like Bohemian Rhapsody. Right. Ooh, Rhapsody. a dark ale with fruit. Ooh. I love fruit. I'm partial. So it's a beer with cherry, black currant, and raspberry juice. Mm. So it's like a. Is it not? Is that not a Rattler? Well, or but it's still got beer. Or the Rattler, because it's juice, right? Rattler is more juice, juice than beer. Okay. beer. Um, it's five percent, five point five percent. Um, it's very dark. It's very. It's more hoppy than it is malty, and it's twenty-five IBU. So the dark is nothing to fear with a beer this smooth and approachable. Roasted malt counterpoints a cord, a chord, a cord, a cord. Struck with black currant, cherry, and raspberry, it has subtle. Sweetness and soft bitterness that echo in the aftertaste. It's hard not to dance to the tune of Midnight Rhapsody. Rhapsody. Mm. I can't pronounce that. Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. Midnight Rhapsody. It sounds go. weird. On it's my a weird mouth, word, and I don't like saying it. It's so a weird word. I'm just gonna open it, and I'm very excited to try this. Yeah, I think they could have gone with more of a sonata if they were going dark like that. What yeah. sonata mean? Oh, you know, like Beethoven's Moonlight sonata. Yeah, but what does it actually mean? Smarty pants? I don't know, it's a piece of music. You wanted to get all get all in there and assert your smartiness. Tell us what a sonata is. <laughs> oh, wow. You're playing a piano. <laughs> <laughs> and it happens in the uh, moonlight? <laughs> Mayhap. It's, uh, it smells very fruity. It smells very sugary. Hmm. Well, it did have a lot of fruits listed, so... I think sonatas are more of a somber tone and rhapsodies are more exuberant. That's what I think. It is interesting. Thank you for that. That was interesting. This is also interesting. <laughs> um, so interesting. Very, very um, cherry. I can taste the cherry. I can taste the black currant. This is, I think, one of the first beers that I've had where I can actually taste the flavors that they say are in it. I did not think you were going to like it. I mean... Oh, Jesus. Okay, so here's my Where, analysis. Where's Jesus? <laughs> is he in the bottle? Here's a Jesus in a bottle, like a Jesus? genie in a bottle. Yeah. No, that's not Jesus happening. Jesus was lighter in his Does anyone want to hear my opinion on yes. this? Or do you want to just keep, like, running your fucking mouth? Really? That's how we treat our guests, apparently. <laughs> so, uh, my quick analysis, because I'm not going to take another sip of that, is, uh, so... When I first tried a paralyzer, everyone kept telling me, you should have a paralyzer, you'll love it. I looked at what the ingredients were, and I was like, that looks nasty. Those things should not go together. And then I took a sip of a paralyzer, and I tasted every single ingredient separately, and they all worked. Right. This is the polar opposite, except it's the same experience. Oh, I tasted all those ingredients. Right. They did not work. No, first, right. I tasted some fruit that was like okay, and then I immediately got that dark beer taste that was like a winter... Right, so if it was a lighter beer, it would taste better and they the weren't, fruit, don't you think? Yeah, and they weren't like blended in my mouth. They were very separated. So it started out fruity, then it went into heavy winter beer aftertaste. Right. So I'm not a fan, no thumbs. But you guys keep drinking it, so please... I mean, I I, 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 I I don't hate it. I like the other ones better. I'm going to taste another test. What are your um, intelligent thoughts there, David? Oh, now there's an expectation. Mm -hmm. um, as a fan of dark beers, I kind of like the heavier sets, and I think it does blend nicely for my palate. Um, yeah, no, I, I, 
I'm a fan. I like, like it. it. I, I would drink that again. Mm. Well, there's two more where that came from. Yeah, they they can be all yours. They're I won't, all I won't yours. be upset about it. I'm going to drink that again. <laughs> Perfect. So out of these four beautiful bottles, I by the way, I do love these labels. We didn't even really They're talk nice about the labels. labels. Um, but they are very nice. We'll take photos of them so you can look at them. I don't feel like going back and describing them. Um, but what, uh, so this, is this, I'm going to guess, David, your favorite is the Rhapsody. Um, it, typically yes, but I'd say the stunner of the evening would be the English style brown ale. All right. So okay. rate, so tell us your number one through four. Yeah. Put these in order. Okay. So it's going to be a tough between what you mentioned before, but I'm going to go close. Number one being the English style brown ale. Cause it surprised me so much. Uh, with its tastiness. Number two, uh, the Midnight Rhapsody. Number three, the Czech Pilsner. And number four, India Pale Ale. Nice, nice. Tiki, I'm going to take a stab at yours. Tell me. I'm going to think that your number one is the Pilsner. Ooh, interesting. And then I'm going to say... I'm going to go crazy and say that you like the Session Ale afterwards, number two, and then Traditional Ale third, and then this number four doesn't even make it to list because he just didn't like it at all. So, therefore, it's like a negative four. That's very close. Uh, actually, the number two and three were switched. I like ah! the Brown Ale second and the India Pale Ale third, but that would be, it would be like... It was like that. a 50-50 it's chance. not that much difference. <laughs> but that's my sis. What about you? Um, I am... Okay, I'm torn because I like the Pilsner, but I didn't like the flavor-wise. I just liked how easy it was. So I'm going to go with I, my favorite is the traditional ale. And then I'm going to go with I'm going to go with the Pilsner and then the sessional one and then the Rhapsody last. That's not my number I was four. actually tempted to put the brown ale first because it surprised me because I thought it was going to be like um is it the Sleemans? There's a nut brown that's out there that I've had many times, and it's very nutty. Mm. And I thought this was going to be kind of the same, and it wasn't. It right. was a lot smoother. I actually want to switch them. I'm going to put that first for oh, me wow. as well. Okay. So mine is going to be the same order as uh, yours. Because um, the Pilsner was good, but it's not the best Pilsner mm -hmm. I've ever had. Mm -hmm. It just was easy to drink, like you said. Very good point. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to go... Number one, English. Number two, Pilsner. And the rest don't score. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Fair skis. Totally fair. So that was our beer talk. Yeah. So 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 what happens after beer? Uh, We're supposed to do something, though? Something in brews. We're called mm. something in brews. It is a... Talk and brews? Talks and brews. We can get pictures of your family. Burps and brews. Oh, burps, burps and brews. So we just sit around burping. Yes. And we've already done the beer part, so now we just burp for the next 30 minutes. I like it. Yeah. Or we could talk about books. Oh, we could talk about books. Or I read books. those sometimes. Sometimes? Yeah. Once in a while? Yeah. Every yeah. now and then. When they all... Every so often. Whatever. If there's nothing good on TV. If there's nothing good on TV. You know, when I don't feel like reading schoolwork, I will read a book. Yeah. Though, so, okay, really funny side story. Chelsea thinks it's really weird that I can spend a whole day doing homework and reading. Like, I had to read a whole bunch of fucking articles for my projects I do. Also, I'm doing a term paper, which I also have to read a bunch of really boring articles for. And then after I'm done doing homework, like, all day, eight hours, and then I go to bed and um, I will read books. And she's just like, how can you go from reading yeah. all of these papers and all these things and then you're continuing that's to different. read but you're reading books? And I'm like, that's what I said. Completely different. I'm like, it's that's totally different. That's an anomaly. I'm yeah, like, I'm reading for pleasure and yeah. I'm, it, it's helping me escape 
from my reality that I have to, in the next couple hours, go back to reading fucking boring shit that I don't want to read. I, I like books, but I need to give them my complete focus, so if I'm academically occupied, I will not be pleasure reading. That's oh, yeah, I can separate it, so I can still... Day. Yeah. Wow. That's like me and uh, all day I sit on a computer. Right. All goddamn day. And a lot of those days, I'm copywriting. Like, I'm writing articles for websites. But I still will sit down and write in the evening. Yeah. And I will also, like, stare at another screen and watch Netflix in the evening. Even though I've been staring at a screen all day. Right. I know, I'm probably going to, like, go blind or something. But it's completely different. Because one of them is required. Yeah. One of them I'm doing to make money. Yeah. One of them is my escape from the eight hours that I spent. Yes, totally. And they were completely The eight hours different. I had to spend actually reading something that I did not want to read in the first place, and now I get to read for my own personal pleasure and gain. So, yeah. Anyway, hmm. that was my fun sign note. So yeah. apparently David thinks the same way as Chelsea. Because Chelsea said when she was in, in college, she loves to read. She reads all the time, too. But she was like, when I was in university, there's no fucking way after reading all my textbooks and all the shit that I was then going home and reading a fucking book. And I was like, I don't know. I was the opposite. Like, when I was in school the last time, I was reading so much at night. Because, again, like you said, it was to escape. Like, for mine, it was all, like, how to build computers and, like, network stuff. And so, for me, reading books that were fiction and fantasy was not the same as totally. memorizing yeah. strings of Linux code. Yeah. Linux. 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 Uh, Sorry. That was just funny. I know. It was funny. It was funny. Alright. Past tense. I guess we'll continue talking about books. Let's talk about books. Let's talk about books. So we're... Does we, everyone remember what the book is for this episode? Fahrenheit 451 by Ray Babbery. Ooh, someone read Wikipedia. Yes. <laughs> Just recently, too, before you came over. Um, so that was Fahrenheit 451 by Ray Bradbury. Just in case no one in the fucking universe that is <laughs> like likes literature at all even knows what the hell this book is. It's a good book. So the reason that this came about is because um, my mom, who is in the Facebook group, started bringing me... She was like, you need to read this for the podcast. And so she brought me the book... And then she also brought me the graphic novel. Mm. And then she brought me the collected short stories Ray Bradbury wrote that are relating to the book. Okay, okay, so okay. she shows up at my place with this pile of books, and I was like, I've. Okay, okay, you know what? Uh, yes, I will do it for the podcast, and you know why not? It's a book about book burning. That's and it's like perfect. a classic. It's like a classic. I was like, this feels right for us. So right. then I told Jocelyn, I was like, hey, I think we should do this. Like, can you get a hold of it? And uh, I clearly I was not able to get a hold of it. I read it, and I will say, for me, it felt exactly like sixth grade mandatory reading. It felt the same. I felt like I was doing it because I had to. I felt like... It required I, reading. Yes. <laughs> I, I didn't feel that um, escape pleasure. Right. Um, so anyway, uh, who wants to start? Does anyone want to give a synopsis of the book for those who are like me who never read it before now? Because you guys both had read it before. And I... Oh, so you didn't have to read it in school. I did not read it in school. Right. I read oh, it for okay. the first time a month ago. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Much like you, I actually got lucky and didn't have to read it in school, so when I found a copy of it at the paper plant I used to work for, and it was going go to go to garbage and go to waste, I salvaged it and thought, hmm, 
And I really liked it. I got through it very quickly. For me, it was a good think piece because I didn't probably have to read it or anything like that. And of all the dystopian books they forced down our throats in school, which was a lot of murdery dystopian books, I liked it because it, instead of being so action and suspenseful, you're getting a guy who actually thinks through what's going on in the world around him. Mm -hmm. He's a firefighter, um, and firefighters then don't fight fires anymore. They burn books. Because, uh, I guess, all homes are now made out of plastic, and they don't burn down anymore. So in order to keep rule, they figure, let's burn books. Now, they, the idea behind burning books is to keep everyone believing the same yeah. thing, right? For the government wants you to believe the certain yeah. thing yeah, and the, not have your own thoughts kind of thing. The idea wasn't so much, I mean... Yes, the subtext of it was not have your own thoughts, and that was what came out of it, but what it was presented as was simplify. That was the word that was repeated, was simplify. It simplifies society because there's less to think about, and then there's less to worry about, and then everyone is happy. Right. And if everyone is kept happy, then it's all good. So they, they firefighters, like you said, um, most of them don't even know that firefighters once fought fires right. because everything has been controlled and now firefighters actually start and contain fires on books that's like their Did job they, right but they a lot of them don't know most of them don't know that they ever had it differently um and basically now sports are encouraged because they give you pleasure and tv is the big thing right um so this is of course a um a 1950s take on TV so it's actually very accurate like it's very like this is the interesting thing is that this is supposed to take place in I believe it was um, 1999 yeah I read that just on Wikipedia yeah and so it's like <laughs> I'm contributing and so they have these like immersive room TV experiences where you get a wall installed and that's right. quite expensive and that yeah. immerses you but if you get a second wall you're even more immersed if you get a third wall, oh my god, if you ever get that fourth wall, if you can afford to get the fourth wall, you'll just be a part of the TV shows all day, every day, which is very much VR. Right. Which is very much, like, where things are headed right now. Yeah. Um, because he made, the book was printed in 1960? I think it was earlier than that. Hang on, let me check, and you guys can continue uh, chatting away. Um, yeah. What do you want to say? 1953, it was originally 1953, published. 1953, okay. So... Yeah, it, I, I just like how the guy, like, normally in a dystopian kind of uh, setting, like you see in 1984, you spend, they spend so much time ducking and dodging the authority, they do, you don't actually see where their mind is at or why they're at that stage in their life. So you see a man going through his midlife crisis wondering, what is this world around me? Right. My wife wants more TV walls, and this didn't really interest him and it was practically bankrupting him how much TV his wife needed and wanted to consume right and he was a firefighter so one day he takes home these books and he actually reads them and starts to enjoy them and starts to question the nature of things around him and starts to go out and walks at night and that's kind of a central theme in the book is these individuals some sometimes go for walks at night and the government keeps track of those kinds of people so they can pay crimes that they can't solve immediately on them so that mm. that way they get a quick 
quick resolution for anybody watching the news. Well, the interesting thing about that is um, before Fahrenheit 451, Bradbury wrote a short story called The Pedestrian, and it was based on his personal experience where he was walking down the street and he got harassed by a cop simply for being out walking down the street. And they couldn't understand why he was out walking at night. Why would you be out walking at night? Don't you have anything else to do? And so he was so frustrated with this that he went and wrote The Pedestrian, um, which um, then became kind of the root of where for Fahrenheit 451 came from, is that it was this idea that, like, why would you be doing that? Why wouldn't you just be at home watching TV? Like, why are you out? You must be up to no good if you're out. But that's, like, uh, Sorry, that's reminding me of a lot of what's going on now. Right? In the real world? I mean, walking while black? What? That's a thing? I know. Oh. But, like, the thing that it's, like... I don't know. So Montag, the main character, yeah, he he was he wasn't reading the books though. He collected them and he hid them in a vent in his home. But he had never read any of them. He was just not sure how he felt about them. So he was hiding them, and he knew he probably knew he had the intent to read them at some point. But you kind of don't know that until halfway through. So like you don't even know that he's been doing this. It's kind of more presented as one day he's walking home from work, he bumps into this girl, Clarice, this young girl, she's 17, and she just, she walks with him. And he thinks she's a little weird, but he actually enjoys walking with her. She asks him questions. She's the first person who's ever looked him in the eyes, engaged with him, like everyone else just goes kind home, of watches their TV. Yeah. But she's like, are you happy? Like, are you this? Are you that? Like, she asks him questions, and he's so, like, stirred up by it that the next day he's still feeling this and then he goes to work but he's questioning things again she meets him every day for a week she meets him and walks with him on his way home and kind of just keeps him thinking and like becoming very much more connected to things meanwhile starting to question his job because he has this fire that's the first one that you get taken on as a reader where they get called in and there's this old woman and she won't leave and so he's already at this point starting to feel sympathy, and so he's like, you know, we, they're, the chief is just like, well, you have to start the fire, and he's like, no, we have to get her out, and he's like, we've given her, you know, the opportunity, she's not going to get out, um, we have to start the fire, and he's like telling her, he's like, you'll come with me, I'll take care of you, you'll be okay, and she's like, no. I want to yeah. go with my books, basically. Right. And so then they go to do the kerosene, and she instead lights the match herself, sets her house on fire and burns herself and her books to right. the ground because they were going to do it anyway. Uh, but he did steal a book from her house that night, too, and take it home. And that's kind of what is the catalyst there. But I don't know. It's interesting for me because, I mean, yes, I've memorized, like, you know, what happened in the story, but I still didn't like it. Like so, did you not like the story, or did you not like the writing? Did you not like the character? So it's kind of two part. One part is that I guess I expected something more. I expected to be way more moved in a story about book burning. I mean, right. books are my freaking life. So I I went into this expecting to be moved, and I wasn't moved. Um, I, they didn't pull me like bribery did not pull me in enough that. I cared, and that was really shitty, because I've heard about this book my whole life, I've always thought I should read it, mm -hmm. you know, it's about books, which are, like, obviously everything I love. I, everyone loves it. I was supposed to love it. Right. I was ready to love it. I gave it every chance. I didn't love it. And then the second part 
was I didn't love the writing, oh. like, uh. at all. I could not stand how... It was like, get to the fucking point. It was like, this sentence could have said this, and instead you kind of went in this way that every person, every person in the story sounds like they are a crazy person because of the way it's written. I'm like, at that time period or in any other time period, no one talks like that, and the way that they were written makes them all sound insane. So it makes the whole thing totally not plausible. Like, if they had spoken in a different way, I think I may have got more emotionally attached to it. And instead I was just like, no man would talk like that. No woman would talk like that. The descriptions of things just, I would be reading and then suddenly there would be this thing and I'd be like, I get that you're trying to compare this to this, to this, to this, but you've gone so far off course that what were we talking about? And so for me and my short attention span, I found it, I read it. I I definitely read the whole thing, but I did not at any point feel anything for it. Right. I felt nothing. Yeah, no, it it definitely doesn't have uh, a whole lot of action. There are some scenes, one or two in the book, that are action-y and doesn't have much suspense. There's maybe one scene in the book that has suspense. For me, like, uh, going back to when he was talking to the to the young lady Clarice um, there was one line in there that I absolutely fell in love with and he said when he was talking to her it was like she was holding up a mirror into his soul and he could see inside of himself and that's kind of like how I wanted to model myself like I want to be that kind of mirror that other people can see themselves inside ask those poignant questions and really get to the bottom of people so for me it was his thoughtfulness throughout the piece not so much the compelling narrative or the or the the um the action in the book so it it, for me it changed how i thought a little bit or gave me a more precision to how i think or how i want to be so i guess it changed me in that kind of way rather than gave me any sort of entertainment no, that's really cool. I um, I guess because uh, I don't read between the lines a lot when I read, which I know is something that um, a lot of people do, and I don't. I don't pause to think about all the different connotations of a single sentence. I'm more like, I read it, that sentence made no sense, I moved on to the next sentence, that made no sense. Like when you said that that was like that line... I, I don't remember that line because I, at that point, was probably so lost and jumbled that that line may not have been worded in a way that was concise to me, and therefore I didn't take out that sentiment. Instead, I was more just like, what the fuck? I like, have, seriously? I had a really hard time reading between lines, too, in books, and, like, books yeah. that are really supposed to be, like, intellectual or whatever, and it's like, sometimes I'll read a book, and then I'll go online, and people are like, oh, um, this is what I think of it, and all these type of things, and I'm like... Okay, I can see where you're coming from, and now looking back on yes. it, thinking about it, yes, okay, yes. I get it. But at the time, no, like I, I can't come to those myself, and I don't know if that means I'm not a critical enough reader. Like yeah, I don't know, too. and uh, I don't know really how to become one. Maybe I read too fast or I skim. I don't know. I think I might do that. So, too. so maybe that's something. But I know when I was reading, I know I didn't read this from the podcast, and I apologize, everyone, but. I read the Wikipedia. And you did read it before. I had read it before in it's high school. It's just that you haven't read it recently, so recently. you still read it. And I remember in high school I didn't like it either. Um, but 
reading the Wikipedia about it and like the whole thing on Wikipedia, I was super into it. And I was like, wow, this actually sounds way better than what I remember. And I think I definitely should go get my own <laughs> copy and really read it and really think about it because I think I would end up really liking it. The whole thing, though, while reading it, and I'm sure, I'm sure there are so many movies and everything that like have been influenced by this, but it reminded me so much of the movie Equilibrium. Hmm. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it. No. Uh, with Christian Bale and Sean Bean. Uh, I like both of those people. Why it's, haven't I seen this? It's Did a, Sean Bean die? Of course Sean Bean dies. Sweet. Um, and Tay Diggs. Wow. It is the, it's one of my favorite movies. It is such a good movie. And instead of book burning, like, it's a dystopian movie, a dystopian future. And basically, um, everyone takes pills to suppress their emotions. So no oh, one like in The Givers. I have never, I've never read The Giver, so oh, I don't know. They take pills to suppress okay. things like color, so they see in black and white because they take pills to take oh, okay. away emotions so, yeah, so, and color. So, the world, so. Okay, yeah, so like, you know, books are banned in the world, art is banned, anything that makes you think is banned. And so it's all about these guys who kind of like enforce it, and like they're like the people that, who go out and look for the people who are feeling, and it's their job to make sure they start taking their pills again, or they have to be killed. And actually, Christian Bale's wife is one of those people who has been um, feeling and she ends up she gets burned alive and so that was just like there's so many parallels to read yeah. this, the, what this book is to this movie that I was just like I really like the movie I should probably really like the book I would imagine that the movie is based on it's been influenced by this and the giver if you say and so a whole bunch of other things but uh anyway I, I just thought that was really that was really interesting so yeah. I wonder if I go back and read it now if I would actually like it and actually like but I, I'm, I would be nervous about reading it in the style of reading what you're saying, Tiggy, because I, I am not very good at reading between the lines. I'm hoping my annotating will help, because apparently that <laughs> helps you become more of a critical reader, because it makes you, when you see something, you like it, and you tag it, and you're like, oh, I think about it. Yeah, and but guess what? Going. I didn't see anything in this book that I would have tagged. Right, okay. so I don't know. The one character that I thought was really interesting was Clarice, and I liked that when she he met her and he had these interactions with her, she made him think, and the way she talked, I could understand, and the way she was described, I was like, this is a character who's really interesting. She gets killed, like, fucking right away. And I was like, well... Okay, now we're back to him and his ramblings, and then his wife and her ramblings, and then her friends and their ramblings, and then the fire chief and his ramblings, and then it's all like, everything bothered me. Like, for example, he meets this older man who he remembers having seen in a park once, and he has a feeling this older man will understand him because he's pretty sure he reads books or whatever. And so he goes and finds him because he did have his address because he was an official and he recorded where this guy was. So he goes, he, he never reported him, he saved it. He goes and finds this old man and he's like, uh, he's talking to him about all the things he's been thinking and feeling and why he's like freaking out and the guy's like, you know, I can help you. And he gives him this little earpiece because he's like an inventor, he likes to tinker. And he gives him this earpiece to wear and he's like, you know, I'll be in your ear. Because he's like, I don't think I can go back to my life. I'm going to, something's going to go wrong. I'm going to give away that I have all these books hidden in my vent in my house. So he's like, I'll give you the, he's like, I'll give you this earpiece and I'll be in your ear. I'll be with you all the time. Whenever people are talking to you, if things are getting difficult, I'll tell you what to say. I'm going to help you. And so you're like, Okay, okay, and you start to feel like, cool, this guy's cool. Very first time he's presented with any kind of conflict whatsoever, he stops listening to the guy in his fucking ear immediately, doesn't even give him a chance, and just goes rogue, blows the whole cover, 
gets the suspicion up for the fire chief and everyone else because he just goes off and then he's like his wife has friends over and then he just starts fucking he whips out a book and starts reading poetry in front of them again blows the cover like he's basically it's like it he goes from you know loving his job then he meets Clarice one night then the next day he's questioning and then the next day he's so confused that he's blowing the cover of himself and everyone else in this little hidden society people who are reading and can't stick to anything and it's just like implausible how fast he right goes so through. everything is that you think that, that it just it happens way too fast and well, that was part of it and then like so maybe because I, I would almost think sorry what are you saying no no, no i was just gonna say it seems like it's reminiscent of a midlife crisis go off the deep end and do something drastic that's kind of how I felt about it, is he's having a crisis of conscience. This was one of those growing pain kind of moments. Because it almost sounds like he can't, he obviously can't control himself, so it's like... Yeah. I guess if you've been bombarded, if, if you all of a sudden have found something that changes everything you've ever known about your whole life, and then all of a sudden you're down in the deep end, that he, he can't, he can control himself. Well, that's himself. like, um, remember in Six of Crows, the guy, um, oh my god, remind me. The guys. Yeah, and so we talked about how he had suddenly realized that everything he had known his whole life was different. Right. And he was he had met someone who made him question that. Right. But I'm sorry, the way right. he was written, yeah, I felt I can, something. I can understand that because that also guy, kind of took a little bit of a... He grew with it, right? Yeah. Whereas this guy didn't really this grow. This guy's kind of crazy. Like, I felt nothing. I felt like he was screwing over the people who were trying... The one person who was trying to help him. I felt like the... Uh, I don't want to just, like, shit all over Fahrenheit 451 because, obviously, everyone loves this, but I just... I don't know. I just couldn't... I couldn't love it. I couldn't feel... Well, for me, why I loved about it, and if you're entering the world of dystopia, it's bleak and depressing, but for me, this book was actually strikingly hopeful. There were a few silver linings in there. There was the old man who helped him, there was the group who each had a book assigned to them, and throughout the whole process, unlike, you know, when you're being rammed in 1984 and you're being rammed, all this other dystopian crap in your face and all this bloody... I never read 1984. There's actually hope because people are actually trying to better the world around them. They're there, right. and when disaster strikes at the end, and they're like, "Well, it's time for us to work. This oh, is yeah. this is where we get to do our job." So there, in the end, he has a mission now. He can actually spread knowledge, and he has the opportunity to better himself. His crisis of conscience was the book, and he now enters this chapter of his life where he can actually benefit humanity legitimately. Right. Whereas most dystopians, you shut everything down and you watch the lights go out in consciousness and thought throughout, throughout the book, and. This there was actually hope, and for a guy who has read so much bleak, <laughs> bleak material, that's actually very beautiful. Yeah, I that's thought. fair. Yeah, no, that's completely that. fair. Doesn't everyone die in the end? I just read on Wikipedia, everyone gets like nuked. The city, the city does. The city gets the nuked. The city gets nuked. There are survivors, and then the group who each has a book assigned to them by memory. So they memorize a book by themselves, and they are that book. That is what they're known by. Goes into town and kind of takes care of survivors and sees if they can rally people. So the government place. nuked the city, right? So there's actually been a war going on. Oh, so okay. keeping in mind that when this was written was like right after World War II, so mm -hmm. it's very like 
shit's still bad. Shit's, I mean, for all we know, it was published in 53. He might have written it earlier. Earlier. So this is like, the whole thing is that the reason the government is burning the books and the reason that the government wants everyone to be just living in their TVs is because there is actually a war going on. And as soon as he stops focusing on his life, he starts realizing how loud the planes are overhead and how loud it is that everything is going on. And when he actually sees bits of the news, he realizes that they're about to get bombed. He realizes that they're still at war, that the government is just hoping everyone's so happy because they're letting them do sports and not worry that like he doesn't like, basically what happens is he gets out of town just in time before their city gets bombed because of the war. So, I mean, there is definitely that element of like, that's what's going on. And then, of course, yeah, as the books are burned, there are people who have to memorize the books and then live as that book, which really bugged me because I was like, I wouldn't want to just listen to someone tell me a book. That would drive me crazy because I'm not an auditory learner. I'd like right. to have a book in my hands. So that even didn't appeal to me because I was like, oh my God, now we're like cave people and we just have to listen to stories <laughs> read to us by a person who's just like saying words, which right. I cannot process. So maybe that was part of it too. Is I didn't feel hope. I felt hope was you didn't crushed. Really, you didn't feel like you could really relate to anyone? Well, like. I didn't feel like... I didn't feel hopeful at the end because right. I was like, I wouldn't want a group of guys to walk into my town and then tell me stuff right. because to me that wouldn't give me the same pleasure and satisfaction and relief and everything amazing that books give me. It, it just wouldn't be the same. Right. So I guess my personal method of reading and my personal feelings for books didn't align with the story, I guess. For me, I guess I was just thinking about it and having this little musing. It kind of reminds me of how we didn't always write things down. We were more of a storytelling society in a more tribal evolutionary days. And it seems like I wouldn't have survived. (laughs) It it seems like society had evolved to the point where they were trying to separate everybody again. And they found this very primitive way to bring people back together. So yeah. And see, I'm so antisocial that the idea of having to sit around in groups and listen to someone talk makes me want to die. Mm-hmm. So this well, doesn't Well, I guess it's lucky that it's not happening. <laughs> yeah. This, yeah. So the other thing is, I, I, okay, so here's what else I did. I read this graphic novel of okay. Fahrenheit 451. I was real stoked because I was like, well, I just finished the book. It was the same day. I read them both in one day. All right. The two of them. That's nice. how serious nice. I took this assignment. How come I did it? And I, um, I just, I really had high hopes because I love me some graphic novels. I hated it. Ah! Uh, not only was it a graphic novel of the story that I didn't like, fair enough, but it was quite literal. So a lot of the same lines are there. Okay. So it's okay. the same, okay. same characterizations. Um, and it brought nothing new. Okay. It was literally just the story applied to a different style. I thought maybe there'd be a new level brought to it that would make it more relatable to me and mm-hmm. give me new feelings. Uh, I was so this is the authorized adaptation by Tim Hamilton. Um, the the pictures are really well done. Like the art is great. Which is why when I flipped through it, I was like, yes, this is going to make it all different. No, it's it's just the same. I still don't like the guy. I still don't like his wife. I still don't like anything. I didn't like that the girl Clarice in um, 
in the book, I liked her better in the graphic novel. Every time you see her, she's wearing this thin white dress, and they're always out in the rain, which I felt was oh. way too sexual yes. for a 17-year-old who yes. was not sexualized in the book at all. Right. Wearing a white dress in, in the, the rain. rain. Yeah, I was just like, really? You had to do that with her? And she's shown all, like, very, right. like, curvy and whatever. So I also have here... A Pleasure to Burn, Fahrenheit 451 Stories by Bradbury. So here's a bunch of short fucking stories that relate to Fahrenheit 451. Okay. okay. This is the, seriously, I tried so fucking hard, I, guys. You did. I tried so hard. I'm so hard. proud of you. I read three of these. And you read that whole thing? No, I read three of the stories. Oh, three of the stories. book. I read three of them, okay. and they just did not... They were the same kind of writing, which... Obviously. If you love Bradbury... You would love this stuff. And they're like his early one, like the pedestrian, is in here. Mm -hmm. All the ones he wrote that relate to Fahrenheit 451 break out the characters in different ways. They're all here. Maybe you would want to borrow this. Because I. I put them aside because my adult ADHD was like, this is not going to be enjoyable. So put it aside and leave it till the day before the podcast. And then I realized today was the day of the podcast, and I picked it up this morning. I read one more short story, and then that's I more than me because today today's the day of the podcast, and I didn't even read. Giles. Uh, but do you know what we could do? Watch the movie. Oh, okay. Let's bring a new level to my. Because <laughs> I mean, you <laughs> loved every version of it so far. <laughs> I feel like you probably like the movie. Okay, but do you not like Michael B. Jordan? Oh, guys, seriously though, but here's the thing. But Michael B. Jordan's so pretty. We can just no, watch him is, and it's but fine. Here's the thing is I actually love dystopian fiction. Mm. So that's the other big disappointment. Like Ready Player One, um, hello. One of my favorite books of all fucking time. This? No. But I am a loner on that because obviously it is well done tons of people love it it's called a classic for a reason yeah. like people have to do fucking book reports on it in school and shit question what is the book or maybe it's just a movie that says I love the smell of napalm in the morning it's not this one I always war I always That's think a it's war this movie. It's I want to say movie. Hamburger Hill or something like no, that I, I've it's never um, heard of that Oh shit, I know the name. I do know the The real quote is I love the smell of burning ass in the morning. Oh, is it? Napalming villages. Oh, okay. It's not burning ass in the morning. It's I love the smell of napalm. Anytime I hear that that saying. We'll Google it. Okay, we'll Google it later. We'll Google it. But I always think it's this for whatever reason, but it's definitely not. So I just need to be like, cool, it's not that. So, okay, so this book is supposed to get us thinking, and obviously it's still very relevant. So. There are a lot of similarities, of course. That's the scary thing about dystopian fiction, is that yeah. there are a lot of similarities to what's going on in the world right now. So, is there anything that this book makes you guys think about in modern times that's like a warning, or that is what's really happening? Well, or? I mean, they actually did do book burning with the... Well, I would assume, actually, sorry, the Nazis were before this, so I assume that's where you kind of got it from, right? Because the Nazis burn books all the time. Yeah. So I assume that's where he got it from. And books are still get banned all the time. Like, people want to ban books. They don't want people to be reading certain books because it makes people have certain thoughts. They don't want to have books in school libraries. Yeah. Because we can't have our children thinking freely. That would yeah. be ludicrous. Yeah. Well, I mean, Jocelyn, I mean, this is the, uh, you're going into libraries. So um, tell me something. I feel like I should have a lot more to say on this subject, but surprisingly, none of my courses cover it. 
That was something that we dealt with when I worked in the library. Um, Maybe I'm not at that course yet. I don't know. Was like oh, just that libraries are supposed to be for everyone. We mm. were not, you know, we didn't have the same problems as scholastic, you know, libraries like for kids where it was like we never had people coming at us about censorship. I mean, yes, I would have customers come up to me and like. We had this one old lady who just hated Cosmo and thought that it was so shameful and that Cosmo should not be allowed in our library. Don't they literally have porn at libraries? She successfully got Cosmo canceled oh at God. our library because of all the tits that were being shown. But, but what about the porno magazines? But here's the... Well, VPL has those. We didn't. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the thing, though, is that, like... What, what do you define as porno? Like, classic vintage Playboy? Or? Wow, really? <laughs> We're going on this tangent? What is... <laughs> well, porn, by the strictest legal definition, is, like... We're called porn and bruise, guys. Porn and bruise. <laughs> something lacking any artistic merit. And I felt like Playboy, some of the vintage ones, had some very artistic You think VPL news. has vintage Playboys kicking around? It's probably, I would imagine they would current have current subscriptions. Ones. I was asking a question, not <laughs> making a statement, Snarks Alarm. Anyway. <laughs> she says rolling I was actually trying to get, I was trying to start a conversation about what this means right now because like while I was reading it I was like hey I should sorry I brought up porn that was my bad yeah no 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 Wait, no you didn't the question was never answered what defines porn in this uh, she said it, it's current subscriptions okay I didn't define porn I just said VPL has mm-hmm. nudie mags okay nudie mags okay. yeah all it's of cur- them current subscriptions all of them it's not artistic it's not artistic it's wacky material it's literally whack and wank, whatever you want to call it. Ah. Whatever those burp fetishists out there are doing. <laughs> this episode is probably We dis- know you're there. This episode has probably disappointed you because there have been not enough burps. Or there have all been a lot of Davids, so, you know. They did get to hear the inside of my stomach. <laughs> Perfect. That was gross. You like being inside What was the intelligent thing you were trying to bring up? Oh, no, I was just trying to see if anybody thought that there was anything, like, that's going on right now in, like, the real world that is eerily similar you know there is a lot of yeah. censorship i mean you know the, well, the way the the media the news, is yeah. run the fact that you know like when i went to journalism school i believed that journalism was journalism was journalism that anything you read anywhere had to be true it had to be true because what kind of person uh. would go publish a lie of course you know, now, Fox I, News. now I know better, <laughs> but it's scary how, yes. to me, I think, um, even though obviously I didn't like this, I, I, I think I made my feelings clear on that. Um, there are some similarities to what's going on. There is a lot of censorship there where there isn't censorship. There are so many fucking people trying to get censorship, yep. you know, even like in Chilliwack's recent election and. You know, a lot of the local municipal elections, there are people joining school boards who are anti-trans and anti-other communities that are going to, if you think about it, if they're anti-trans and they're on the school board, there is high potential for books that portray trans characters to not be allowed in 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 those libraries. If you look at the um, recent victory where Trinity Western University tried to open a law school, and because and it was a huge thing because it was like well church law right right church law these are these are you know we need to know that you're going to be like if you're going to do Separate. law 
you have to be able to be unbiased. Yeah. And if there's faith, there is a bias. Yeah. If you had a case that involved faith, you would not be able to be unbiased. Yeah. And so it actually, they were not allowed to, to do it, but that was like a huge deal. So, you know, there are a lot of things out there right now that are like this, I think. No, yeah, totally. David. David has his hand oh, up. Yeah, for so long here. Um, going, going on what you said, I think... I don't think you're going to be invited back to the podcast. That's okay. Go or right? There's so many things on Facebook and Twitter that get censored from, like, artistic points. Like, there was oh, the, so this good. is not rape segment, but all these things get cut. Yet you're hearing these race, blatantly racist statements that are clearly accepted from the President of the United States down to your most redneck America, and it's frightening what they will allow from those people. Yeah. But you make a statement about that, and it's banned. Like that. Yeah. No, no if ends or buts. It's banned. But how long did it take them to them and Twitter to ban the what is it that right? Uh, uh, fuck. This is why we can't drink and have this type of conversation. No, it takes them a long time, to, a ban long time to ban violent it. threats of people's life and safety. Yeah. But you make a statement about it. You make an artistic statement. Maybe trying to unify people. Maybe trying to offer something beautiful and self-reflectory and they cut it yeah. and it's very frightening you make a very good point that's might be relevant to the material yeah, that's yeah. the thing is that if you look at the way um media which now includes social media is run for example on the one hand i have a friend who um is a, a cosmetic artist or whatever I don't, I don't fucking know what the name is i apologize makeup for artist? that she she not a makeup artist esthetician she does my fucking tattoo eyebrows she does oh tattoo, yeah i think you're right like tattoo. an esthetician uh anyway she well you have to have a tattoo license to do what oh, okay. she does Maybe. but okay. she does uh nipple restoration uh for people who have had um mastectomies because of breast cancer right anytime she ever tries to post any photos Free the nipple. It immediately gets taken, taken down. down by Instagram. But then you have Put it on Twitter. It's then okay. you have actress Leslie Jones from Ghostbusters and other things who was getting bullied constantly, racist, horrible, nasty, violent, death threat kind of comments, and she kept pleading to Twitter to ban Damn. these people yeah. and to do something about it, and they wouldn't. So it's like. Nipples are not okay. Racism is okay. It's like hate crimes. It's are okay. so skewed. I mean, this is just like ah, uh, I don't even know. Like, I'm yeah. glad that we don't have book burning here, but there is still book burning in lots of places. You know, uh, yeah. I've heard about it in the Bible Belt. Yeah, I, I, it begs the question: What's going to happen? Because women, chiefly the ones who are harassed, go to safe places. You almost wonder if there's going, and this is a suggestion, by the way, if there's going to be social media that will do that kind of stuff, like ban your militant harassers, and you know what's going to happen is so many, so many of those people will jump on because all the women have gone to a safe place where they can talk friendly to each other. You know that there's going to be a group of jackasses oh, yeah. who, who sign on, petition, do this, that, and the other to involved. Fuck off. If you can't get laid, that's your problem. <laughs> it's pretty much Try not being an asshole. If you something mean comes to mind, don't yeah, say a, it. I'm Hold a, the door open for I'm someone. A, I'm a nice guy and I wear a fedora and I call you a mole lady. 
sorry, that was really, like, a lot of stereotypes all in one thing, but that's what they all are. Yeah. And I don't, I'm not sorry, I don't fucking care because they're all dicks. No, it's completely <laughs> true. It's just that, like, I don't know, like, there's a lot of stuff in the older dystopian fiction. Like, the new dystopian fiction, I find, tends to be very futuristic, so you definitely feel that fantasy sci-fi element. Yeah. But you read this older stuff. Yeah. And they're all, like, predicting times that we now live in or have surpassed. Like, um, uh, Scythe, for example... I, I know, I have this memorized. So, Scythe, the day that everything finally got figured out completely and everything that plagued mankind was solved was 2025. Okay. Um, pretty sure. No. It was something else. Anyway, I figured out that I was going to be, like, young enough that it was going to be great for me. It was, like, maybe 2065 or something like that. Anyway, we figured it out, and everything's... Two, 2045? I don't know. I, I don't know. feel like we're close. There was five in there. No, but that's the thing is that, like, they're all within our lifetime is that they're predicting these total, like, change of the world things. And then if you look at what's going on in the United States, it's like, on the one hand, oh, could we ever really picture a society where there's a thing called the hound that drives around and they kerosene all the books and, and they want everyone to live in these rooms where they interact only with the characters in their TV and everything is happy all the time. That's so far-fetched. No, wait. It's not. VR. No, wait. Like, our culture right now is increasingly entertainment-driven. Have you guys watched Black Mirror? It's I've like watched a couple episodes, yes. yes. Terrible episode of Black Mirror. We should definitely yeah. watch a whole bunch of Black Mirror today. That's what we should do. I just feel like it... It is a reflection. Yeah. Oh, it's kind of like it's holding up a mirror to our faces. I do love being quoted. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like it is very good at making you think. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's... Well, I, mean, I think that's the whole point of these type of things, right? Like, that's what they always make about Fahrenheit 451, I always hear about, and then I know 1984 is, like, a big thing, everyone. Yeah. They, it's like, they make you think, Animal Farm, I've never, also never read, but they always make you think, and for whatever reason, because yeah. I, I, I wasn't forced to read Lord them, of Flies. Oh, yes. But, yeah, like, yes. all those type of things, right? They're always kind of, like, they make you... And it's so interesting that they were able to make these whenever they made, they wrote them, and then now it's really relevant and you're like so what? you know what's interesting is that <laughs> how are you predicting the future because they fucking lived through it and it's happening again and so they just assumed it would keep happening because That's, history fucking were, repeats I think they itself. call that a they recurring right. theme yeah <laughs> but here's the thing is that I did not like this book and I came uh, to this podcast to talk about how I didn't like it but then I just admitted that it made me think it's is that why so you didn't like even it? Though it, didn't, it made you think? no 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 I, just I was expecting it to make me think a little more than I am but it did make me draw parallels to where we are. It did yeah. make me feel at times relieved that I lived in a society where I've worked in a library, where I do know that we absolutely do not censor the material that's available. Um, yeah, we choose it based on what we think is going to be popular, so there's a little bit of a narrow vision there. But we still don't censor. We still allow yeah. a lot more... And then I also feel like it made me think, but our neighbors to the south, it's actually getting to a, getting to it is at a scary uh, point. A very scary point. And then you look at Russia, you know, and where you're not allowed to have printed materials that promote in any way uh, being anything other than heterosexual. So yeah. guess what? 
it's alive and well. Yeah, totally. You know? And then you look at the Midwest of Canada or the middle of central Canada and you see a lot of the same things that keeps trying to start up. Yeah. But we keep noticing. Yeah. yeah. So we catch ourselves, and that's one of the great things about where we live. We catch ourselves doing it, and we do do it. We've done genocide. We've done the horrible things that we claim everybody else does, and we do it in smaller doses, and we usually catch ourselves before it catches on. But, I mean, it happens here, too. Oh, Every yeah, day. I would not, not. I would not. Canada deny. is not innocent. Canada is not no, fucking innocent. Not at all. I'm just Canada saying, as far on. as censorship, <laughs> yeah, I feel like we maybe are doing better than say Russia. Yeah. But I'm never gonna say that Canada is doing better than anywhere else as far as no, atrocities committed, no. discrimination. I'm never gonna claim that because guess what? We are guilty as fuck. Like here's the crazy thing though, in our charter rights and freedoms in Canada, we do not have the right to free speech or to gather in places. No. They don't they usually give us permits whenever we request to gather, just because it appears open and democratic. They usually you know, don't clock us on what we say but openly. But don't give it to people who are hate groups. Yeah, no, exactly. But, I mean, we do take for granted that we get to do these things, and there's no law saying that we get to do these things, and it's a protected right. Are you sure about that? Because, like, I've attended, like, as a sec security officer uh, protests just to monitor and just make sure no death threats are uttered, but otherwise everything is like totally fine like I've been told here's your only thing that's concerned if you hear anyone standing up giving a speech that utters threats you worry about it if anything else is said it doesn't matter because that is freedom of speech and that's working for a security company hate speech is one of those things that is strictly legal here in Canada yes no, but, but I, so I guess so no are we, we don't have protected freedom of speech or freedom of assembly freedom of assembly is what I know we don't yeah that's have. what I thought we had we don't have freedom of assembly. No, we have to apply for permits here in Canada. And even if we don't, Damn. even if we don't, the police are seldom going to crack down on us or enforce any regulation on us because it appears very undemocratic. And any politician seen doing that is going to get their hand caught in a very right. vicious cookie mm. jar of Canadian wha <laughs> finger wagging. Yeah. Well, how dare you, sir? That is un-Canadian. What do you mean? It's not in your laws that's and what not you can do. Light. Well, we don't fall back on the law. We fall on human decency. And that's kind of one thing I like. And at the same time, I'm kind of fretful of because they could yank in on us. Right. They could. It's there. They have the options. And a lot of times, these laws, and specifically Canada, are kept deliberately vague. This is the most political we've ever got. This is the very most political we've ever got. Also, everyone should always go out and vote. So that's a big I thing. I apologize to the audience for that. <laughs> No, but uh, no, it's good. We're do you read and be, be smart and you know vote those assholes out of parliament? So as I mentioned, we had three books. Although the main book was Fahrenheit 451, yep. and then we also had the graphic novel, the authorized adaptation, adaptation by adaptation. Tim Hamilton, and then we had a pleasure to burn short stories from Fahrenheit 451. Also, I read Wikipedia. So, uh, so go read Wikipedia, or <laughs> get the book, or get the Cliff's Notes, yeah. whatever you need to do. 
Um, today, Did anyone else ever say Coles notes? Because I got the Coles, Coles notes. notes. Am I, like, I kept old? saying you. I'll just read the Cliff notes. I think I kept meaning to say Coles notes. No, I say I think there might be an American Canadian. What thing? about Spark notes? Nobody's gonna mention Spark I'm notes. Not interested. No, I've never heard of Spark okay. notes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So besides all these, we have to notes, rate them. We have to rate the book. Yeah. Okay. So what so are we gonna? What are we, uh, what's our system? Flamethrowers, fires, burning books. I want to say like a Molotov cocktail. A mol- Was that in the book? No. Oh, but it's flaming. That. Okay. All right. Or. Uh, what's something we could use as a rating system from the book? Yeah, so there was the hound, the, the thing hound, that burns, the, the hound, the hound that tracks people and burns the books and things. How many TV walls? TV walls. Four would be like multi-million dollar budget. No, well, it's, got, it's out of five. It's out of five. It's just out really? of five system. Yeah. We have our system. We have a system. It's out you of five. You were probably on a theme episode last time. And he was. He was on a love theme episode. That's right. <laughs> it was all about love. <laughs> Let's go with flamethrowers. Okay, flamethrowers. I so, love it. out of five three flamethrowers, what do you rate the book? Because <laughs> someone else goes first. What do you... I never read it, so I can't go... Oh, Wikipedia, I would give it a five out of five on Wikipedia. So, based on the book, when I remember in high school, probably like a two or three. Mm-hmm. What do you give it out of five flamethrowers? Um, I really liked it when I read it. No, no, no. Just, I still just like the thinking of it. So I go, like, I'm going to go with 3.8 flamethrowers. Wow. For someone who really likes the book and they look at it, 3.8. I'm so wow. surprised by that. Like... These are the people that bring you down on Goodreads. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm all like, oh, I really when like I, it. When I'm like, five. I really like it, five. Yeah. <laughs> when I'm like, well, it's well I liked it, but it wasn't. You made very many valid critiques but of the so piece. It's not a very entertaining piece. It's not something you can. Yeah, no, it it's made you want to be a better person. Oh, we're not I love you guys. It's fine. It's, it's, like, it's I'm just saying. It's a good piece. It's a thoughtful piece. I'm, but it's not critiquing, his critique. I'm critiquing. I'm critiquing. <laughs> I'm just surprised that you're. I'm like, whoa, okay, because no, I was expecting a four. Normally, yeah, I do like four or five. When I'm like, me too. I'm always like four and five. Maybe I should become more of a critical reader and be really aware of the stars. I've been thinking that on Goodreads lately. I've actually been starting to feel like I'm too generous with well, my, my fours stars. and fives. Okay, fair enough. All right. Three point you can you really talked a lot and convinced me about why I did talk what a lot. it's draw. I like it. Okay. It, grammatically, it does have drawbacks. There's no suspense. There's it's little a action. You guys have ruined Bradbury. <laughs> also, it's a two. Also, it's a two. <laughs> also, it's a two. <laughs> and, and also, it's a soft two. Ooh. Yeah. Beautiful. It's a soft deuce. Okay, so we also have Ew. these beautiful beers uh, from Big Rock Brewery. Big Rock! Um, they a, vary in tastiness. They do. And it was a nice big 12-pack of uh, box, so you should all get a box and reach inside your box. You should cock. definitely grab a cock. Tell us your favorite cock. <gasps> tell us about your favorite cock. Ah. Tell us... Oh, so you can tell us on Instagram. Yeah. At books and brews podcast that's books the letter n brews podcasts on instagram you can email us it's books and brews no books and brews no books <laughs> Ain't and no brews. one ever emailed us doesn't matter it's books and something brews books, podcast something and blah 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 I blah why nobody's ever emailed you maybe they can't figure it out no, we okay, usually this is say it literally right. the first time, but I just didn't bring up. Okay, no, we have a, we have a notebook. It's just he today. would know that, David, if you've listened to our last yeah. episodes. Yeah, he only listened to the one with his voice on it. Rude. I like the sound of my voice. So we <laughs> also have a Facebook group. Oh, the best. Yeah. We're By the way, that's where it. we get a lot of the ideas yeah, from books read. now. Yeah. So it's books and Bruce appreciation books and. Bruce Podcast Appreciation Group. I really feel like if you look up Books and Bruce Podcast on you're Facebook, slipping. it's going to fucking pop up. Yeah, it's, you know, you type Books and Bruce and you're going to find it. And it's fine. And we, we like, we'll post pictures of, like, what we're reading. We'll ask people questions. Like, we're actually very active between episodes on Facebook. 
So you should talk to us. Yes, we are. Also, we had a special guest today. His name was David. He's intelligent. So that's, special. That's the intelligent <laughs> David Dave. right there. He's very special. Great uh, for me. Oh, he's still going. Okay, we'll see you guys next time. <laughs> okay, bye. Okay, bye. Thanks for having me.